Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on January 22nd, 2017, on the basis of Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. So far, everything was going great. You might recall from last week that when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John, it was, it was sort of like, for him, what happened with President Trump on Friday. It was, it was sort of like Jesus' inauguration. It marked a very important transition from the 30 years that he had spent in relative privacy and obscurity up in Nazareth to the three-year term of office when he would go throughout Israel very publicly, very openly, carrying out the work that his father had sent him to do. And so far, everything was going great. We're told that people from all over Israel and even outside of its borders were bringing people to be healed by Jesus. We're told by Matthew that already huge crowds of people were following him. Probably just a a couple months had passed since his baptism and already Jesus' approval rating was through the roof. Everything was going great. But then he opened his mouth. Of course, the the words that are in front of us today, the Sermon on the Mount, it it wasn't the first thing that Jesus had ever said. And yet up until this point, really the sum and substance of Jesus' message had simply been to announce that a new kingdom had arrived and that he, as God's Son and the Messiah, was its leader. Now for the very first time, Jesus announces what you might call the party platform. He begins to explain and to teach the values on which that kingdom is based. He began to explain the principles on which that kingdom would operate. And if we could describe all of the the words that Jesus spoke with this well-known message that's often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, it would be with the title of this series that we're in, that we're starting today. Uncommon Sense. You see, every age and every culture has a set of values and a set of principles on which it operates. Our culture is certainly no exception to that. But as we look at the words that Jesus says, we're going to see that he he challenges that common sense at every turn. He takes that conventional wisdom and he turns it completely upside down. He challenges our natural assumptions about things like what's really important and what really matters in life. Like how we're supposed to treat other people. Like how we evaluate whether a behavior is good or bad, moral or sinful. And finally, how we get right with God and end up in heaven someday. As we start today with these opening verses from Matthew chapter 5, a a section of God's word that's often referred to as the Beatitudes, we're going to see that Jesus challenges our assumptions about how to find contentment and satisfaction in life. We have our own natural assumptions about that. Certainly the world around us has its assumptions about that. And Jesus is going to take those assumptions and and turn them completely upside down. In fact, Jesus' words are in a lot of ways so challenging that the more we understand them, the more we comprehend them and try to apply them, the more we might be tempted to ask Can anyone, should anyone really live like this? So a deep and lasting sense of joy, contentment, 
and satisfaction in your life. Not one that is, is kind of like a roller coaster that is sky high one minute and then free falling the next, but, but one that is steady and constant and untouchable, one that is not phased by the circumstances of your life. Boy, that kind of sounds nice, doesn't it? So what does Jesus say? What's, what's the secret to a life like that? Well, even a quick glance at the verses that are in front of us shows that the word that gets all of the emphasis, the word that, that deserves all of our attention is the word that Jesus keeps repeating over and over again, that word blessed. It means that someone is a recipient of divine favor. And even in our culture today, that word blessed is a word that gets thrown around quite a bit, and in fact, especially on social media. You see it all the time. Someone posts a picture or they post a a status update where they talk about something that recently happened in their life that was very, very good, and then they finish it off with hashtag blessed. In fact, it's kind of gotten out of hand to some degree. People don't just use that hashtag blessed to, to indicate something that they're genuinely thankful for. Sometimes they actually use it to brag about something without appearing to be too arrogant unanimously selected most popular kid in the class for the third consecutive year, hashtag blessed. Sometimes people even use it to simply try and be funny. One comedian said this, caught a piece of bacon falling out of my sandwich right before it hit the ground, hashtag blessed. You see it all over the place. In fact, now there's even an emoji that you can use to replace the actual words. But you know, when we think about what Jesus is doing in these verses, it's really not all that different. Jesus is introducing this list. He's rattling off these values and these principles that govern his kingdom. And then with each and every one, he he adds a little tag. He gives his verdict about that value or that principle. He gives his, his assessment of it. So starting at the top, the poor in spirit blessed. Those who mourn, blessed. The meek, blessed. The poor in spirit, the those who mourn, blessed. Over and over again, nine times Jesus uses that word blessed. And if it sounds strange that you would use the word blessed to describe catching bacon before it hits the floor, when we look at what Jesus describes here, it makes even less sense. A couple examples. The poor in spirit. So those who come to God knowing that they bring nothing to the table. They are dead, broke, empty-handed. Knowing that they have nothing that they can give to God, not a single penny that they can use to pay for even the smallest crumb of God's blessing, either in this life or the life to come. Jesus says, blessed. The meek, those whose favorite words in the entire English language are, you first. Those who are very quick to step aside so that someone else can get the glory. Very quick to stand back so that someone else can get ahead. Jesus says, blessed. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those whose greatest desire, whose greatest passion and pursuit is not a a big house with lots of toys, not eating out at fancy restaurants or beach vacations, but simply a right relationship with God. 
and time spent in his word and support for the spread of that word in our world, Jesus says, blessed. Last and maybe most difficult, the persecuted. People that get laughed at by their friends because they stand up for what is right. People that upset a a child or a parent or a sibling by saying what needs to be said because they know that the eternal prize is far more important than our earthly ties. Jesus says, blessed. It's not all of them, but I, I hope you get the sense that this is uncommon sense. That Jesus didn't simply come to introduce a set of values and principles that that slightly improve on or add to the principles of our world. No, he came to turn them completely upside down. He came to reverse them entirely. In fact, the things that Jesus calls blessed, our world calls cursed. That's what happened. That's what Jesus said when he opened his mouth. And you know what? People ate it up. At the end of this Sermon on the Mount, Matthew tells us that when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. Initially, this sounded like such a a new, such a revolutionary idea that people embraced it. But over time, it kind of went the way you'd expect it to go. Jesus continued to teach these exact same values and principles, and and people started to realize he actually meant it. This is what life in the kingdom of God is like. And so eventually those huge crowds dwindled, and by the time it was all said and done, basically everyone had left. It probably shouldn't surprise us because I, I think the same thing goes on in our world today. I mean, anyone can look at these words. Again, they're they're pretty well known. They're referred to as the Beatitudes. Anyone can look at them and see the wisdom and beauty of the things that Jesus is saying. In fact, I don't know if you caught it, but on Friday, these words were read at President Trump's inauguration. So again, our, our world looks at them and sees the wisdom and sees the beauty, but I don't know about you, but when I carefully listen to what's really being taught as the values and and principles of our world, no matter what I'm listening to, whether it's my own social circle or the mainstream media, whether it's coming from the left or coming from the right, the message that I hear is, is very, very different from the one proclaimed by Jesus here. And that's really okay. Because these words were not addressed to citizens of the United States of America. They were addressed to citizens of the kingdom of God. And so the big question is not so much was Donald Trump listening when those words were read on Friday, but are we listening as we sit here today, and are we living by these words each and every day? It's easy to give them that kind of lip service, to to agree and nod our heads and, and say that they are beautiful and wise, to agree with Jesus that those values and principles are blessed, and yet and it's so much harder to put them into practice. And in fact, so often we find ourselves living as though things like humility and meekness and sacrifice are, are in fact, cursed. You see, what you and I need is, is more than simply to be told that what the world calls cursed 
is actually blessed. We need to be shown that that's the case. And thankfully, Jesus didn't come simply to, to tell us about this uncommon sense. Jesus came to demonstrate it. In fact, every single moment of Jesus' life was, was really these values and these principles put into practice in their fullest possible degree. Jesus' entire life was really this standoff between the common sense of the world on one side and him and his uncommon sense on the other. Throughout his entire life, everyone around him was operating on the principles of common sense. When he was born, it was King Herod who saw this, this newborn king as a threat to his kingdom and therefore tried to have him killed. When Jesus began his public ministry, the religious leaders of the day saw their control slipping through their fingers, and so they tried to discredit Jesus every chance they got. Even Jesus' followers, half the reason that they were so excited about following him is because they thought that he was their ticket to a free meal and a better life. Finally, the man who ordered Jesus' execution, Pontius Pilate, did so because he was more concerned about keeping his job than he was about doing the right thing. Everyone around him, everyone in the world, operating on the principles of, of common sense, and then, and then Jesus over here by himself with his uncommon sense. How'd it turn out? How'd it turn out? I'm really asking you that question because that is the only way that you and I are going to put the principles Jesus advocates here into practice in our lives. Not simply as because we are told, but, but because we have been shown. And that's exactly what happened. Jesus talks about things like meekness and sacrifice and humility and gentleness. And I'm sure at the time when he, when he opened his mouth, he sounded a bit crazy. And as a result, those crowds eventually just dwindled and dwindled as more and more people fell away. But eventually, after Jesus was all done opening his mouth, he opened up something else. He opened up his own grave. And he proved that he had taken the very things that the world tried to use to defeat him, their power and their cunning and their violence and their force, and Jesus had used those very things to defeat them by his meekness, his humility, and his sacrifice. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't come to just say that what the world calls cursed is actually blessed. Jesus came to show that what the world calls cursed is, in fact, really blessed. And friends, as a result, you and I can have that life of, of deep contentment and deep satisfaction that we're all longing for. You know, whatever we might think that we can achieve by, by having a me-first, win-at-all-costs attitude, Jesus gives us infinitely more by making us his sons and his daughters and giving us the status of, of saint before God, an heir of eternal life. Whatever we might think that we can bring to God through our own goodness to try and, and bribe him or pay him to do good for us in return, Jesus gives immeasurably more as a completely free gift. Whatever amount of love and acceptance we might try to chase after by becoming popular or well-liked and, and bending to peer pressure at every turn, Jesus gives us so much more in the unconditional acceptance of our Father in heaven.
In fact, he brings us into the most exclusive circle, the most exclusive club in the world, the perfect love and fellowship enjoyed by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit includes you too. And not only that, but now Jesus gives you his promise, and Jesus tells you to rest assured that the very same uncommon sense that he used to bring salvation for all mankind, he will also use to work immense good in your life. Things like meekness and humility and poverty of spirit, the world calls those things cursed. Jesus assures you that they are blessed. That's the verdict that he gave them in the Sermon on the Mount, and that verdict was validated at the empty tomb. That's the promise that he made you when he opened his mouth and the proof he gives you when he opened his grave. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.